0: You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Today I'm interviewing the lovely Sally Branson-Dalwood. We have been trying to get this interview sorted for a long time, so it's been a long time coming. Sally is the founder and director of The Sweet Set, a mum of two. She's a writer, and she's also worked in a range of fields. We're talking media, press, communications, consulting, and even politics. All which probably seem like less of a juggle than parenting, I'm sure, now she looks back. Um, Welcome Sally and firstly, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today.
1: Oh my goodness. It is so lovely to be here. And you are so right. All of those were less of a juggle, but I have to say the long hours in politics, the 5am starts and the 11pm finishes prepared me quite well for a newborn. So <laughs> uh, the sleep deprivation for me wasn't even a factor. I was like, yep, let's roll with it. But, um, but nothing really prepared me for the juggle. Oh, absolutely. Now you can think you're prepared
0: and then you have children and then you realize you had no idea what prepared even was all about. (laughs) That
1: is so true. And that's one of the challenges that I have is that um, I talk about preparing to become a parent and being organised and preparing for change. And I've got a post on my, I've got a series on my journal and my blog post on my webpage which is about what I now know and it's mums who write about what they've learnt since they've become a mum. But you can't tell someone what to expect until they're in it. Motherhood and parenthood is that great mystery that you've got to be doing it and deep in it to really get it. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, um, it's even
0: like childbirth, I always say to people, you know, you just don't know what it's going to be like until you actually go through it. You just, it's not something you can really describe. So let's dive into you. Tell us about you and your business and what you're doing um, at the moment to help and work with mums and help mums worldwide.
1: Of course. Well, our business is called The Sweet Said and it's based around the manufacture of packing bags. So when you go into hospital, everyone, there are so many different lists going around and what you must have and what you should have and what you might need. We've collated them all, done a lot of research and we've made the definitive list And the sweet sets are a pack of 10 bags and they're all labelled, they're all colour coordinated and they correspond with the ultimate packing list. So that's our base product. And the reason we created it is because I really like to be organised and when I went to hospital, I found it really overwhelming, you know, 2am in the middle of the night when your milk's coming in and there's blood, you're bleeding and where are the maternity pads and you say to your partner or your support crew or your husband, whoever's there... Can you go into my bag and get me a breastfeeding bra, maternity bra? And you know, they t- chuck stuff all over the room, and birth Suites are so small, and the hospital rooms are so small. you might be sharing a room with four of the mums. It's just chaos, and I wanted to streamline that. I wanted to take the overwhelm away from actually packing a bag, because people feel really overwhelmed by that job because it's the first time they're doing it. They're not sure what they need. They don't want to have too much, they don't want to run out of anything. Um, so our list is really detailed. So it goes, it, it drills right down into if you are stay in hospital for three nights, this is how many onesies you need, this is how many bras you need to pack, this is how many knickers and what sort of knickers you need to pack. So that is our core business. We manufacture those bags. But the bags are a vehicle for us to start a conversation about preparing for the change that parenthood brings. So um, learning ways to take the overwhelm out of being a mum or a parent because there's so much external pressure and there's so much social media pressure around what a good parent is and what it's like to be an organized parent and providing the best opportunities for babies and even from day one. Um, we just wanted to collate all of that information into one site. So Using the skills that I developed throughout my professional career around getting information and working out the best ways to disseminate information, I've really used those skills to develop a social media profile and a website that is an information hub for mums. So just one example of what we're doing at the moment is that the feedback I was getting is that a lot of mums are feeling very overwhelmed at the moment because with COVID, their plans for what their birth may look like and who can visit them in hospital have really changed so what we did was uh do a free 14 day online course called peace be with you about coming to terms with the change and how to get peaceful really fast so some really simple meditation techniques combined with some home organizing techniques combined with some meal prepping techniques combined with things like how to ask for help because I think that's a really big thing for new mums, particularly so now okay. when things are so so in flux, that how do we ask for help? So we even do things like on our webpage, we've got a script for how you can ask other people for help when you're a new mum or preparing to go into hospital. That isn't overwhelming, but provides just some really easy words to use to ask people for help. For example, if you're going on a supermarket run, can you check in to make sure we've got enough milk? And we'd love, and can you, if you want to help dropping a coffee off at the door would be an excellent thing. Every morning, um, every morning, every morning, please. It's 6am. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Um, And we can make that too, just in case, because the first coffee (laughs) of the day when you're a new mum always goes so quickly and it's such a disappointment when it's finished. But anyway, so. We've combined a product with then really practical, easy, simple lessons and tools around taking the overwhelm away from being a new parent. So that is our business and how we help mums. Listening to everything you're saying, it's so important to have, especially
0: now, like you mentioned, where there is a lot of anxiety and uncertainty around not just the like birthing for mums and support people, but also how their new journey is going to look when they go home and they potentially can't have those support networks around and all the people visiting and all the stuff that they envisioned that they would have had. So that um, course you've developed is an awesome idea just to try and step it back and actually take control of what you can control and how you can change your mindset to actually work with it, not to just fight against what's happening
1: that is so true and one of the emails one of in that 14 day course is just about taking small actions with things that you can control because that brings peace by doing a few little things that you can control it brings you peace there and there are some things that you never be able to control which is a great lesson for becoming a parent there are some things you just cannot control it's like a birth plan it's a great idea but it's important to be flexible so yeah. there are some actions you can take that Bring immediate results to get. And one thing, one tiny little thing is around just doing a few little action steps like making sure that you've got your technology right so that your Zoom works when you bring your baby home and you want to have a meeting with your family or that you've got the technology set up so when you're at home you don't feel as isolated or before baby's born you've researched what sort of online classes you might want to do or online mother's groups you would like to become a part of. So those little steps are all in place. So then when you come home and you're in that amazing baby bubble, but also the shock of the new, you've got a few little things in place that create a little bit of calm and control.
0: Yeah, that's. I love the idea of what you mentioned about even when you are pregnant, even researching what groups you might join or how you're going to do your big reveal of the baby or, you know, all those kind of things. Yes. That this is new and it's not something that our generation's really had exposure to like it hasn't been a situation before we've gone through you know a pandemic like this and we've had to alter life as we know it for a you know an unknown length of time and i've been reading a lot about a lot of people's distress and anxiety and mental health surrounding that not having the pregnancy journey they expected you know not having the yes. baby shower and I, and even though a lot of those things are just physical things. They're events or they're all those kind of things. And you're still going to get your baby at the end and you're still going to become a mum. It doesn't change the fact when you're in a really hormonal vulnerable state and you are working your way towards all these like little milestones or little exciting things in your pregnancy and your journey to take those all away Mums exactly. are fragile. Pregnant women are fragile. Oh, so it's yes. it's not something just to be. But I know I've I've read people saying things like, "Oh, it's just a baby shower," or "It's just you know family coming over when you get home," or "It's not really a big deal." But it's like, well, when you're holding on to that and you're already in a bit of a fragile emotional space, that is just, you know, the pot of gold at the end of your rainbow sometimes. And all of a sudden, it's like, "Sorry, we can't do that." So people do need to be mindful about trying to work out how they can give themselves other things to look forward to or how they can change their plans and move forward with how things are at the moment.
1: Yes, and it's a reframing. And I really do think that there's a lot of grief and that we shouldn't underestimate that all of those feelings are grief for what they've lost and the and the ideal of what they thought it would be. But I often say to a lot of our mums that There are very few people I know who have the birth and pregnancy that they imagined it would be. So reframing birth and reframing after you get over the grief, um, which is a very hard thing to do, and that sense of unfairness, it's then about reframing how it looks. The baby shower is an excellent idea. I've had a lot of people really sad about baby showers. So one thing that we did was write a downloadable, like a free. everything we're doing is free because we want to serve mamas, It's like a four-page downloadable of how to host a baby shower. So I said to my mums, give it to your friends who would have hosted the baby shower anyway or if you're going to host a baby shower, here is the downloadable guide. And it goes through, it's got things like tech specs of how to do the best like what sort of online platform suits what size audience If you've got a lead time, how you can order decorations so that the mum's got a decoration pack at her house. So her background's got some beautiful balloons and streamers, dress codes, invitations, all of those really tiny little detailed things that might seem overwhelming to do virtually. But so we did a guide that it's the step by step guide to be able to host a virtual baby shower. So that Because celebrations and joy shouldn't be cancelled. So let's just find a workaround because everything does have a workaround, even in a normal pregnancy or a normal birth plan. As you know better than anyone, things can change during a birth and your birth can change completely. So it's about having really working on that mindset, I think, once you get over that grief and the fear.
0: I think that it's interesting that a lot of things we're doing, like there were people having, you know, a perfect example, their baby showers online nowadays. Fast forward, you know, two or three years, it'll probably be the norm because a lot of people live in a different country to their families. It's kind of like a lot of people are going to walk away from this time and go, that was actually easier or that was better or that was a great idea or, you know. So I think a lot of lessons are going to be taken from this experience that 2020 is so far. I think there'll be a lot of things that we do stick with a lot of things that we'll be happy to let go of and, you know, go and hug our friends. But there'll be a lot of things that we do stick with. I think a lot of the virtual stuff, like the the chats and the online learning and the keeping in touch with people all over the world, I think that will stick and increase and evolve as we go forward as well. I guess um, I I was going to chat with, ask you more too about the sweet set, but we've kind of talked about the sweet set and what you offer and all the rest of the stuff that comes with it. I was I think another thing that came to mind is well you're exposed and working with a lot of new mums. Yes, you would have yep. been having lots of discussions, whether it's, you know, phone, whether it's feedback on blogs, whether it's comments and emails and so forth. What stick out to you as the main concerns that they highlight to you when they're walking their way along this motherhood journey? What sticks out as the main concerns they often flag?
1: Well, at the moment, it's obviously the isolation issues. And I always say that there are workarounds, as you mentioned, that might become our new normals around how to connect with people. I also do say, I'm not sure whether whether the same thing happened with you, Tash, when you had your babies, but... Sometimes it's really nice just to be able to be in the baby bubble and not have to worry about people knocking on the door and waking up a baby and coming and visiting. So there's always a positive in there as well. So I actually, have a whole moment, podcast. Of- <laughs> I actually have a whole
0: podcast episode about reducing visitors, and I actually like yes. not having. As a midwife working yes. in a hospital, and all my colleagues that I've worked with, we're actually loving the fact that yes. there's the parents and their baby. And they're in there for one, two, three days, absorbing all this information, all this support, just doing their thing, no visitors. And the women that we're discharging are leaving more confident. And I think that that's, I mean, midwives often for years, we probably just sound grumpy, but we would much prefer there was less yeah. visitors. And I think the same You're about great. this bubble when you go home, just getting into your family vibe and just
1: doing yes. it slowly. Is it that Is I just cannot agree with you more on that. Before we used to have a script, and we still have it on the webpage somewhere, but it's a script around how to say no to visitors. And part of that script says, this is our opportunity to learn from the skills of the midwives and the health professionals who are coming into hospital with us. So we really want to have that time to focus on our baby, which people used to have to make the clear distinction to family and friends. You know, I can remember having visitors and really feeling uncomfortable that I just wasn't in the headspace to be entertained. I'm a people pleaser. So I'd like to throw a party and, you know, talk to them and let them hold the baby just to please people. But in reality, my whole body was screaming, don't touch that baby. I just need to (laughs) get my stuff together. Don't touch that baby. So I think there's some real positives. What I mostly hear from new mums is like we mentioned before, is that the things that we don't know about, that people don't talk about, and the biggest thing is the sense of mental load and servitude, that it is constant and that it is joyful and loving, but there is so much servitude and mental load. The mental load traditionally falls to the mum. And I think for many people that's a real shock to be in that moment and to realise that you've got a human being to care for and all of their needs is your are your responsibility. So I hear a lot of that from new mums and I know that I felt that myself. And you know, often sometimes I still feel it myself. Our situations change rapidly in COVID because my husband is home all the time now. But in the past my husband was at work from six o'clock in the morning and I had two babies within the space of 19 months and things still have to keep ticking on. Groceries need to be got, food needs to be prepared, washing needs to be done. It's just relentless. Yeah.
0: I I totally agree with that. And I think that it's one of those things that you, you can't switch it off. So even Mm -hmm. if you potentially get some because I have my hands doing my little speech commas in the air, like time away from the children, yes. you're still potentially thinking about getting groceries for dinner or what you need to get yes. sorted for daycare, or if yep. one of them needs some paracetamol or they, you've got enough band-aids or you've got nappies, like it's not something you actually ever get away from. And that
1: it's heavy. Never.
0: Like it's, it's one of those things. And even if you can be sitting watching TV, your, your head's going to be racing to what if this one wakes up or what have I got in the morning? And who's got this on tomorrow? It, it just is, it's, it's very tiring.
1: Isn't it? And it's funny that you talk about your head always racing. We were having a conversation with some friends who have just become a new parents and they were talking about it was with some friends who just become new parents about some friends who had twins who were older, and one of the dads said, "Oh, but you know, she's really changed since she had the kids," and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You've got a newborn. <laughs> Your wife is going to change too, because not to change when you have a child and you have all of that responsibility would be inhumane. You couldn't change, and you know, oh, she was so much fun before and You know they used to have sex all the time, and now she's changed. Well, she's changed because she's got the weight of twins and a household and a husband working long hours. So, she's not going to turn on the sexy button at seven o'clock when the twins have gone to bed. She's got to work out: have they got nappies? Have they got food? What time are they going to sleep through the night? Does she need to get up and feed? So, of course, mamas are going to change, and dads should change as well, and partners should change as well because it is life altering. And it shouldn't not be life altering this becoming a parent really is. I don't care what anyone says it is a seismic shift. Oh, absolutely.
0: It has to be, like you said. Change. You can't. It has to you be. You can't just be. Yeah, same, same. I've just had a couple of kids, you know. Carry on, life is normal. Then yeah. you'd be. I'd be querying. What kind of parenting is going on in that house?
1: Yeah. I know. I've had to um, unfollow people on social media who I see living that life. and promoting that life because even at 42, I'm not immune from falling into the trap that. Oh, but look at them. Their relationship looks amazing. Their house is immaculate. Their kids are beautifully dressed. You know, I'm starting to feel pretty crappy about myself and so I've one of one of our online courses is around controlling the things you can control as we spoke about and one was controlling your media intake which means as well social media intake and for people who go along and say that life isn't changed and everything's going along hunky-dory that's not the reality that ninety nine point nine percent of mothers have when they become a mum. It's so probably not their reality be...
0: either. They're just putting no, betrayal. Exactly. But that's even more dangerous. In the first couple of episodes of this podcast, I did an episode on. I think it was something called like called like my love and hate for mothers groups or online groups yes, or something, yes, and it literally yes. covers exactly that. I like, saw it. There's these massive great things me. you can get from it, with regards to this community and people to talk to and so many highs, but there's also all these lows of the comparisons and these perfect, perfect Pam kind of mums that make you feel bad about yourself because they are so much better as such, which is absolutely probably not the case. And their lives are probably feel just as crappy as yours do sometimes, but people, your comparison, and you need to be able to switch off and walk away from those because it's not good for your own mental health. And it's not doing you any good as a mum to be watching from the sidelines, these people that make you feel like you're not doing as good a job as them. Exactly. Exactly. So get rid of it. Absolutely. Just Unfollow, carry on and move forward with the ones that make you feel real. (laughs) The ones that complain that they have crappy days too. It's like, those are my people. (laughs) Those Those are the ones. Those are the ones who aren't very good cooks like me. Their house is messy. Sometimes they just watch TV all day with their children. Like, that's my happy space. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you're a great cook, your house is clean and your kids watch no TV, I'm going to
1: be concerned that something's wrong with me. Yes. But you know what? The interesting thing is that I had such high expectations of myself as a parent. I really did. And I think I probably did a reasonable job of it when I just had one baby and then, at a second within 19 months, it's so funny. I look back now. And we thought Magnus was such a big boy when Fenton was born, but actually, he was a 19-month-old baby. He was an 18-month-old baby. He was still a baby. And all, let's be honest and excuse my language, but that, all of those plans have gone to shit. Mm-hmm. But my life is filled with joy, and I've got the two most divine, loving little boys, and I've got a really happy, satisfying marriage. So, let me be frank. I have four big baskets of washing sitting in the lounge room (laughs) and I cannot keep my kitchen clean but you know pick your battles oh absolutely and the kids are happy
0: though I was you survived another day the kids are happy you're happy probably exhausted and tired probably all of you but you just carry on like it's the light the journey doesn't have to be perfect it just needs to be continuous and you need to be able to get through the bad days and know that the next day is possibly not going to be as messy or crappy or full of sick children or probably still sleep deprived, but you, you know, you get to work with that. The morning coffee delivery would really help though. I think it's a really great business. Venture.
1: <laughs> amazing every Do you morning know I said my new- Every morning, oh, I got a coffee machine for Christmas. I have to say, Santa did really well, but my coffee addiction is through the roof. But I send out an email every fortnight to my subscribers I'm on my webpage. And it's funny you should say that because the quote at the front of it yesterday was staying positive doesn't mean you have to be happy all of the time. It means that even on hard days, you're able to remind yourself that better days will come. Oh, and so that's true. exactly what you just said.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just like, parenting 101 it's like one of those things that the only thing that's going to get you through is knowing that there's going to be days where you've got sick kids teething I mean of my four children three had reflux so it was just I just remember cleaning up projectile vomit for like probably for years of my life to be honest and sometimes it would just (laughs) be like I can't even bother cleaning it up because she's probably going to do it again. So I'm just so depressing yes. clean this up. But just little things like that. But you'd know that it's like, well, it's not going to stick around together. And today might have been terrible, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it might be better. Or teething children, exactly. for example. Or, I mean, my three-year-old still doesn't sleep through the night. Sometimes he wakes once and other times he wakes every hour, mainly yep. just for a cuddle, which, yeah. Hi, sister. Hi, yep. sister. <laughs> cute, yep. but not so cute every hour. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, well, this isn't forever. This is right now tomorrow is going to be better there's something in tomorrow that's going to be better than today so if you hold on to that exactly it gets you through exactly. and the coffee and the coffee. it does and the coffee <laughs> yeah I don't know without the coffee if I'd be as positive about you know tomorrow no, being a better day
1: here, yeah. but let's be honest um, do you know what last night I went and I looked at my coffee machine I was like oh I can't wait for you tomorrow morning <laughs> I was like oh my God this is the highlight of my night
0: I know. <laughs> there's so many things to learn as a new mum. i mean we've covered so many of them what are some of the things that you wish you knew like you knew more more mums were like focusing on to help them on their journeys one of the things obviously what we just talked about that you know if every, every day is new when it's
1: going to be better but you know
0: what are the other things that you wish new mums could focus on to help them
1: well, it's so funny because there are those similar sort of themes that I think you get after becoming a mum and you've been there, done that teenage years and then again baby years afterwards, that it all works out. It may not be how you envisaged it. It may not be what you thought it would look like, but it actually all works out. And as mothers, we've got reserves of strength that we didn't actually know that we had. And that it's really important to recognise and support those strengths within yourself. So find good networks who support you and lift you up. That might not be mother's group, it might be somewhere else. But find people who really support your good times and your bad times and who you can be really honest with. But I just wish as well that I was less stressed about being a perfect mum because in reality, I look back to one of my best friends had told me, she lives in Perth, and she said, all you need to worry about is that they're loved and fed. And I was like, oh, my God, but what about this and what about this? Yeah. What about anything? the no-screen
0: time and the organic food? And Yes, <laughs> and I know. Oh, my yoga. God. Yes.
1: I was totally that. I was like, poor Magnus. Magnus still to this day, like at Easter, I was eating some Easter eggs and he's three. And he just sat there and watched me eat them because he had no idea that they're chocolate. He doesn't know what they are. So he was like, (laughs) I thought I was eating something. And I was like, oh, you poor naive child. Where is his brother today? Jonathan was just cleaning out the fridge and there was some chocolate in it. And he just sort of moved it. And here's his one year old brother straight away looks at it, hears the crackle of the noise, points to it and says, Ah, food, Anton, food. I was like, See, there's the difference between the second child.
0: <laughs> the first one, you have great expectations of. Kicking every perfect parenting goal you possibly can. I think I my eldest watched Baby Einstein DVDs were a thing. When, I mean, she's nearly fifteen, so we were oh, yes. like fifteen years almost. And it was that I bought the whole set of Baby Einstein DVDs because she was going to watch them and she was going to be so clever. I mean, Einstein didn't watch those DVDs, so it's ironic choice of name. Yeah, um, but exactly. it was it was the DVDs and it was the different kinds of food to prevent different kinds of allergies
1: and yes. you know,
0: the baby swimming lessons before she even knew what the heck of the water was and yes. the dance groups and all these things. I was like, I oh, know I need to do this because I'm going to make a well-rounded child who's great yes. and she's healthy. And I think then I had three more children and they've never watched a baby Einstein DVD. And okay. I mean, with my fourth have probably could count on two hands, the amount of books I've read him because his older siblings and his sisters do it. And I'm just like, yeah, perfect. Oh, my job is done. Whereas I was doing flashcards at nine months with my eldest. Cause I was totally going to get her reading the alphabet.
1: <laughs> Oh my God, I cannot agree with you more. And I even look at my own example. So my brothers are 12 and 11 years older than me. And I said to mum once, we're talking about wheat bix which I think is the devil's work. I hate wheat bix more than anything. They make me gag. My boys love them and everyone else I know loves them. And I said to mum, why is it? about week picks like they just and mum thinks it's hilarious but because honestly I get the gags when I smell them when I see them and they dry like cement on the high chair Anyway, Mum said, "Well, I don't know, but you used to have wheat bix every morning for breakfast." And I was like, "Really?" And she said, "Well, I think the reason they make you want to be sick is because your brothers were in charge of breakfast, and they just used to have competitions. There was a thing. This was in the '80s. There was a thing about how many wheat bix can you eat at breakfast, and so they used to try and make you eat as many wheat bix as possible to try and like beat the Iron Man record." So I laughed. That's the third child in a family with a wheat bix aversion because exactly what you say. The first child is so focused. on, on. and even my mum says that my eldest brother is in his mid-50s and mum said she did absolutely everything like he was always immaculately dressed and he was clean with his hair done and then the rest of the other two of us came along and it just went downhill from there
0: It's funny, I was talking to a lady yesterday and she had just had her second baby. And I said, roll fast forward about six months. You're going to look back on, you know, one child you and all the things you thought were really hard because they were then because you had nothing to do. You're now going to have two children and you're going to be going, OMG, take me back to the last hard because this hard is
1: harder. To the
0: one child. And that's the same. And then we were laughing about the fact that even when you have your first baby, you get angry at the no child version of you who complain they were too tired, too busy and couldn't keep their house tidy. And you wanna like go back and shake yourself. But it's just that that's yes. normal. So when normal becomes hard, you're tired, you're tired. You know, then you have one baby. Yeah. You know, that becomes hard, then you have two, then you have three, then you have four, and then you're like, Ugh, I feel like I've lowered my standards and expectations life. <laughs> now it's
1: just easier just to be like, That's fine. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Um, Look, I just think in for a penny, in for a pound. Once you've had one, you may as well have six. This is what I'm telling my husband. I'm the only one who feels that way in our family. But in for a penny, in for a pound. Oh, no, I,
0: I have, have four and that's so I'm happy with two. Stop there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you've got it, when you're
0: navigating having teenager, tweenager, preppy, mm. toddler, I'm like, I'm parenting all forms of parenting and child at the moment. Exactly. My brain couldn't take any baby into the mix. <laughs>
1: You were you were doing all of that, and you're working, and you're providing care for new mamas, and you're doing this amazing podcast. It's extraordinary, but that's what I meant when I said before: as mums, we've got reserves of strength and ability that we never knew we had before we had children. It's fascinating. Oh, There's studies around people who start their own businesses on maternity leave, and that women. Uh, draw on their strength and on their creativity after they've had children because their entire perspective on life and the world changes and I found that with me with my first child that's where I decided to start my own business but anyway so that's my long answer to that
0: (laughs) no that's a good answer it's funny you mentioned that because after each of my fourth children I have gone and done a different kind of study (laughs) <laughs> like, as a, whether it's a short thing or a degree or, but every time I'm like, I'm oh, on maternity leave, I've got this. I'm absolutely yes. going to go and study something new or start a business. And I always look back and think that was the, I was on running on fumes. Oh my God. But I actually I managed thinking? to get heaps done. Like that's my mm. most productive time <laughs> is actually just after I've had a baby. Mm. I want okay, to ask you okay. now as well, what are your goals and plans for where you're moving
1: for the future in your business? Okay, for the sweet set, we're just really committed to serving mamas across all of our platforms. So we just want to take away that overwhelm. So we want to support mums in need and. On all all levels, so mums in need who can afford our sweet sets and who are going into hospital settings and want to be really organised. But another thing that we do through the sweet set, through every single sale, we donate um, some of the profit, so our money, not the customers' money, um, to one of three charities. One's to support a safe birth in Papua New Guinea through Send Hope, not Flowers, because their maternal health death health rate is so so high and their the maternal and child death rate is so high because there's no real access to safe birth and birthing education. The other one is since COVID particularly we support women's shelters for mums because of the increase of domestic violence and the other one we support is a program about supporting young Australian mums at risk by wow, delivering our skills-based workshops. Oh, so, so important. So important. So we partner with three charities to do that. So every single sale from our site goes, money goes towards one of those three charities and our customers actually pick at the end of their purchasing, they actually pick which one of those charities they would like to support us to support in their name. So that's one goal to see our business grow so that our philanthropic can really start making a real difference. And the other aim for our business is that I would like a business that is serving and supporting new mums because that's one of my values, but also I want a business that I can run with a young family and that's I want to grow the business to support my family and to give my own family some opportunities. So that's me just truth-telling about what it's like to have a small business. There's got to be a money factor in there as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, everything you mentioned, I was like, that's so important and so awesome. And those charities all so, so in need of more support and more awareness as well. So that's so good. I, um, we could keep chatting all day because we're both chatters. So we're going to be here all day. We, I know. I'm I like, know. oh my goodness, I've got to ask me more things. So I'm going to make myself wrap it up. As I do with everyone, I always say, you know, what are your top three tips for navigating motherhood? So I'm going to ask you for your
1: top three quick tips with quick this tips. journey. Okay. First is what we talked about. Let things go. Um, The stress of having a clean house. If that's not your forte, you need to pick your battles. So mine is that I pay a babysitter once a week or once a fortnight, not at the moment in COVID. And she fods the washing for me while I either go somewhere and work or my husband coaches a cricket team. So he coaches, I go to the library and work or we have a date night, which leads into my second tip. So that's me recognising that folding laundry is not my skill. I need to outsource that. Second tip, so really working out what you're good at, what you're not, and what causes you stress. The laundry causes me stress. Outsource it because I can. I can't at the moment, but can usually. The second, and it's not in order of importance, but put your relationship with your partner and the, your, the other parent of your child, So whether that's a husband or a wife, put that relationship really high on your agenda and work at that. I never understood the importance of date night. I do now. And the third thing is remember that this is the longest, shortest time. When your three-year-old's waking up every hour, it feels like a really long time. But as you know, before you know it, they're going to be a 15-year-old. So it is the longest, shortest time. So keep that in mind. They're my three tips.
0: It's um funny you mentioned that because I would, would have been way more stressed with any of my three girls waking up as regularly. And maybe it's because it's my only son as well, you know, but when my little boy wakes up, I often will sit there and like, I know he's gone back to sleep and I'll sit and look at him and think, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. You don't need to be waking up, but you're my last baby. And I know that if I went into my, you know, 14 year old daughter's room and tried to watch her sleep, she would be horrified and what they're doing in her room. <laughs> so I absolutely get that. It, it's just going to go by so fast. And I also, I love the date night thing. Me and my husband are very big on having a date regularly. He works away. Mm. So whenever he's home, we'll always go. Well, in normal times, how I say? We'll go for breakfast. We'll go for lunch. You know, we'll go for dinner. We'll often go away for a weekend. In February this year, just before everything blew up, we went away for the first time overseas for, you know, 12 days, just us. We went around three different countries in Asia it was just awesome. And we were just us again, you know, without any kids for a while. So you don't have to do anything as big as a 12 day trip, although it was really good, but it's just exactly, exactly that. Like we just like to hang out. And I think it makes us better parents because our kids see that we, we actually like each other. We like hanging out and yes, sometimes they will just stay home. Nana will come over or my oldest look after the kids for a few hours and Mum and dad just want to go out and hang out together. And that's good. We actually, I was watching, um, a documentary the other night and my 12 year old had come in at the end and in the documentary it was talking about you know a couple that didn't get on and didn't like each other and she actually looked at me and just said oh that's not like you and dad you guys love to hang out and I was like thinking perfect that's exactly what I want them to see exactly is that we have a normal relationship but we actually like to just hang out ourselves as well yes
1: yeah. And I actually think, and I had heard it and I know how hard it is when you're in the depth and that mental load that we talked about and that servitude, it's very hard to make sure that little grievances don't come in and not communicate as well because you're feeling tired. But my key is anytime I have a little grievance and I'm getting a bit tense about, I think, is this worth my marriage? And It never is like where the dishes go in the drawer in the kitchen. (laughs) How important is that really? What is more important that I show my, the person that I've chosen to be my husband and the father of my children, respect and love and joy and laughter because I come from a a family where um, my parents' marriage didn't survive and, My biggest commitment is to set a good example of relationships for my boys. That's the best gift that I can give them, as well as love and food, obviously. (laughs) And so we choose to do the work in our relationship. So it's called the work because sometimes it is work, but it is just about doing those things. Tash, as you said, we've got some friends who I admire so much. They are my parenting goals. They've got three kids in their late teens and early 20s. And since their babies have been babies, they have gone away together every year from mini break. And it got bigger as the kids got older. So when their kids were about two or three, they started going overseas for five days. And they'd go to Bali, five days, just the two of them, every single year. And she credits that with how happy their family is because they got that time every year.
0: Yeah, no, I am um, after going away. This was our first big one we waited for Mm. but it's hard when like some are teens and some are young it was like we have to make the call (laughs) we have to go now but after going it was like where are we going next year (laughs) not for as long but just even a long weekend like we often will go you know to Brisbane or somewhere close but it's like no no the overseas thing is really good so I love I love your top tips I'm nodding along each time when you said like yep I like that yep that's me too I'm going to have to wrap it up again. I might as well just, we'll just yes. keep going. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Chatting to you has been super fun and super informative. And we've just kind of nutted out a whole lot of tips and tricks and ideas and things that people are going to walk away and think, oh yeah, I can implement that. Or that's, I can, I agree with that, or I can follow that and so forth. Where do people find
1: you to get more information on what you're doing? Okay. So on Instagram, our Instagram is at the sweet set and sweet is spelled S U I T E as in birth sweet. So the sweet set and our webpage is www.thesweetset.com.
0: I love it. I mean, there'll be a lot of people going, Oh, I want to have a look a it more. And I'm going look about what she was talking about with, you know, the stories and the blog and the products and so forth. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was such an awesome chat and I'm glad you came on. Thank you so much for having me. We finally got it sorted after so long trying to organise it with our parent life. Um,
1: I know. Look forward to us meeting in person when this is all over. We'll have a coffee or a cheeky champagne.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, both. One at the start, one at the end. Both um thank you everyone who has listened in as well don't forget to jump online share it with anyone you think it would be helpful for and the more you do if you love it leave a review it always helps get this podcast into more people's ears so thank you everyone thanks for tuning in to this episode of the welcome to motherhood podcast be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.